Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, buddy. How's it going, Justin? Uh, pretty good. It's been a long road. Uh, yeah, getting, getting from there. the last episode. <laughs> yeah, getting from the last episode to here. But here we are. No matter where we go, here we are. Wait, no. It's no matter where we go, there we are? You know, Buckaroo Bonsai. Mm. You've seen that, right? Uh, not not for a very long time. Oh, well, did you know that that's the, on the dedication plaque, I believe for the USX Excelsior? Hmm. Are those words from, from the film Buckaroo Bonsai? Anyways. Peter Weller, Buckaroo yeah. Bonsai. Also, Wait. Peter Weller, uh, in Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. So there you go. It all comes back. To Robocop. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that without RoboCop, there would be no Star Trek? Yes. Okay. This time travel thing is getting really confusing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but we're back. Um, great to be here chatting with you about Star Trek. Um, we've done some things since our last episode. Oh? Well, we went to a, a toy show and saw a bunch of Star Trek stuff. That's true. Picked up some Star Trek stuff. Yeah, I picked up a action figure. From the Playmates uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine line, I picked up uh, Rom, Quark's brother. Oh, right. And Rom came with his son, Nog. It -hmm. was a two-pack. It's awesome. Uh, That was pretty much all the Star Trek stuff I did at the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that figure you got reminded me of when, at at a previous uh, iteration of the same show, uh, I picked up uh, holodeck wharf uh, with alexander mm. old west yeah wharf yeah it's this little this little bonus characters that you get with some of the figures they're usually small and annoying yeah uh you know nog is pretty good though yeah Al- is alexander's annoying i guess is yeah what I was getting at. yeah i'm was i've been watching uh star trek the next generation and i'm at the part where um alexander is gonna live with wharf and yeah, Alexander is quite annoying. Yeah, what is? I wonder what Alexander is uh, is doing nowadays. <laughs> that's pa- apparently been played by several different actors. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's in like video games or in. There's an older version of Alexander who was in Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. So not quite as. Uh, uh... No, he was still annoying. Oh, okay. Not as annoying, but he was still annoying. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, so, um, trying to think if there's been any other interesting Star Trek goings-ons. Uh, uh, I mean, you got a, you got something Star Trek-related at the uh, San Jose Super Toy Show. Oh, uh, right, right. Oh, wait, was that my... Wait, what did I get? You gotta remind me, it's been you, so long. You got a mystery game. Oh, right, right. Um, so there are these, uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, which is pretty much everyone, uh, there are these... Uh, board games, uh, the, well, I guess they're not really board games, but they're, you know, they're analog games, uh, non-video computer or computer games, uh, that are called How to Host a Murder. And they're basically these sets that let you put on a murder mystery at your house. Uh, and we happened to find, actually, I think Justin found, uh, a version called How to Host a Mystery. No, not a murder. Uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation Edition. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, so basically, uh, it was brand new, uh, sealed in the packaging uh, from, you know, 1990 or so, probably. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I think the plot goes something like, uh, uh, away team has returned from a planet uh, with a mysterious alien artifact in tow. And uh, upon arriving back on the Enterprise, uh, the alien artifact goes missing. And so as part of this uh, mystery, non-murder mystery, uh, you have to figure out which of the away team members stole the artifact. And, uh, apparently you get to roleplay a bit. You can, you can be Jordy or, uh, you can be Mr. Data or you could be Guinan or as I'm expecting the, uh, culprit will be Ensign Rowe. So... <laughs> Actually, I think it's different every time. I think it's, you can play it multiple times, but right. that was really interesting. It was like $10 or something. Um, <laughs> so had to try, had to get it. Still have to try it. Uh, don't have it. Um, and then, and then since then, actually, um, you know, we're, we're recording this in mid October, uh, and Halloween is right around the corner. And, uh, this year, um, I'm going to do something I've never done, and I'm going to, uh, be a Star Trek character for Halloween. And uh, that character will be William Riker. <laughs> and so uh, my wonderful girl, my wonderful girlfriend, sorry, is a is a seamstress, and uh, she is in the process of making me a authentic uh, TNG duty uniform. So I'm really excited. Nice. Yeah, we got a hold of a pattern and everything, and I ordered a uh, quantum mechanics um, a prop replica com badge and it showed up and it's it's really nice um i will note that unlike uh the com badges used on the show uh, is made from the same mold as the show com badges and it has all the detail only i learned that the com badges on the show as you've probably noticed you're watching it are actually matte finish and this is very shiny mm. um and apparently in canon or you know in 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 the real universe uh, the pins are meant to be very shiny but for television purposes they had to dull them i think they're made of wood on the they're show made of wood oh that's amazing I well think... then they wouldn't pull on the on the fabric either if they're really light yeah i think they're made of wood with the velcro backing oh well there you go so yeah so some stuff going on which uh version of the uh riker uniform are you going to wear so, season one two version or three to seven plus or? it's the one piece season one two um and that's because the only mass market pattern sewing pattern for the suits uh is for season one two mm. um there apparently was a uh a pattern for the season three plus version of the uniform that was made available for a while from, um, the, uh, Roddenberry, like Roddenberry.com. Uh, but it's extremely rare and hard to find. Hmm. So not able to do that, but maybe at some point. So it'll be that the old school, the double piping on it. Right. Yeah. The one piece. <laughs> is, it made, is it made of spandex? Like uh no, it's gonna be made of uh of of a type of um stretch knit, so it won't it won't be quite as weirdly sweaty, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. Knock on a wooden combat. Ah. There you go. Balsa wood. Yeah, maybe there that would make sense. Huh. Anyways, learn something all the time. Yeah, a lot of the props are made of wood or lighter materials because they mm -hmm. gotta carry them carry, around. Carrying them around, yeah. Alright. Well, 
You want to talk about Enterprise? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 4, Episode 17, Bound. Original air date, April 15th, 2005. Tax day. Uh-oh. I hope uh, they paid their taxes on Enterprise. Uh, we're we're going to pay for, for having watched this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Take it away, Justin. Uh, Captain Starlog. It's December 27th, 2154. Uh, Enterprise is on its way to the Berengarius system to check out a site for Starfleet's first starbase. Suddenly, suddenly, a mysterious ship piloted by an Orion man named Harad Sar appears. Harad Sar claims to want to make a deal with Starfleet, which will help relations with the Orion Syndicate. Archer, Reed, and a couple of Makos go over to Harad Sar's ship. Uh, in engineering, Kelby is pissed off that Trip has taken over. Uh, T'Pol approaches Trip and asks if he's had any daydreams about her. Uh, on the Orion ship, Harad Sar provides food and drink to the away team, but Archer doesn't partake. Uh, Harad Sar then has three Orion women dance for Archer and Reed. We're told the lead woman is named Navar, and all three are sisters, and they were purchased at the outpost Archer had visited in the episode Borderland, uh, the one where uh, the big show was working. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think he appears. <laughs> no, he's not in this episode. Uh, later in Archer's ready room, Archer is clearly excited to tell T'Pol about the offer. Uh, Harad Sar knows of a planet rich in magnesite, but he needs Starfleet to mine it. In exchange for the coordinates, uh, he uh, Harad Sar asks for a 10% share. Uh, he will also start a dialogue between Starfleet and the Orion Syndicate. Uh, Archer has already accepted the offer, and Harad Sar has given him a gift, the three Orion women. Uh, and I guess he had to accept that? I don't... Anyways, we can talk about this in a bit. <laughs> as Reed shows the Orions around Enterprise, we see that all the male crew members, including Reed, are clearly smitten. Uh, T'Pol tells Archer that the Orions are a distraction for the crew. Uh, in the gym, Mayweather and Reed start working out vigorously in order to get the Ryans out of their heads. Uh, one of the Ryans enters engineering. She has Kelby wrapped around her finger. Uh, Hoshi goes to sickbay and asks Flox for something for her headache. Flox finds it strange that Hoshi and Ensign Keeley both have been suffering from headaches. Uh, Flox thinks Hoshi sounds jealous of the Ryans. Suddenly, Flox collapses, despite the fact that he had just... Uh, that he just had his sleep cycle a week ago. Mm-hmm. So he should be all rested up. What's going on? Uh, in engineering, Kelby is telling the Ryan about the warp engine. Trip isn't happy that Kelby isn't working and that he's giving a tour to someone who doesn't have the clearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelby gets aggressive and Trip confines him to quarters. Uh, elsewhere, Archer tells Navarre that she is a guest, not property. They start making out, but are interrupted by T'Pol, telling Archer that they have reached the planet. Archer goes to the bridge. A ship of unknown configuration attacks Enterprise, but deals no damage. Archer wants to shoot them down with the phase cannons. Or Reed refuses the order, and the ship flies off before Archer can fire the phase cannons himself. So Archer's getting really aggressive. Yeah, something's going on. 
elsewhere, the Orion woman who we have learned is named Dinesh goes to Kelby's quarters, not Dinesh from uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> that would be amazing. Dinesh in green body paint <laughs> dresses an Orion girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, that's some fan fiction. Uh, she gets uh, Kelby to do something for her. He goes to engineering and starts messing with the EPS system. Trip fights Kelby and manages to knock him out. Uh, Kelby is confined in sick bay. Phlox tells Archer that Kelby's adrenaline levels are dangerously high due to the Orion's highly potent pheromone that is affecting the entire crew, except for T'Pol and Trip. Oh. Um, the Orions are locked up in Decon. Archer confronts Navarre, revealing that he found her communicator, with which she has contacted Harad Sar. Uh, Archer believes that the Orions were sent to disable Enterprise, but the Orions deny any wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Likely story. Uh, Tabal helps Trip in engineering, as Archer wants to get Enterprise up and running before Harad Sar shows up. Tabal reveals that because she and Trip have mated in the episode Harbinger... Uh, they share a psychic bond, hence the daydreams. Vulcans mm. are immune to the pheromones, and this psychic bond uh, means Trip is immune, too. How convenient. That's, convenient. That's very convenient, yeah. Uh, Harad Sar shows up and tells Archer that the Syndicate wants Archer's head. There's a firefight. Harad Sar's ship disables Enterprise's torpedo launchers and then attaches a tow cable to Enterprise. Harad Sar reveals that he is also being controlled by the Orion women. Quote, it is the men who are the slaves, not the women, he says. Dun, dun, dun! What a twist. <laughs> what a twist. Uh, T'Pol and Trip hatch a plan to use the deflector to knock out the power on Harad Sar's ship. However, the three Orion women have escaped from Decon and are boarding the bridge. Navarre convinces Archer to have T'Pol taken to the brig. Uh, Trip arrives in the nick of time, using his phase pistol to stun both Reed and Archer. Uh, T'Pol disables Harad Sar's ship. Navarre tries to enthrall Trip, but as we know, he is immune, and he takes uh, the Rhine women off the bridge at gunpoint. Um, later, Archer records a star log in which he says that the Orion women have been returned to Harad Sar in sickbay. Phlox treats the crew. T'Pol and Trip leave sickbay and have a conversation. T'Pol admits that she wants Trip to come back to Enterprise. He says he'll think about it and starts to walk away. She kisses him, and Trip then reveals that he put in his transfer request three days ago. Oh, this again? Really? We're going to keep doing this? And that's the end of the episode. Oh, man. It's not a good episode. No, 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 no. And the fact that it, it circles back around to the whole Trip and to Paul thing. And it was like, I thought we were done with this. Or that, I mean, if it's not done, at least like we weren't going to just go back to the same story again. Like, oh, he's transferring again. Oh, no. What's she going to do? They need to get Trip back on Enterprise somehow because they wrote themselves into a corner by getting him off the ship. So, mm-hmm. so. I, I guess this is where we're going to have to do this. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't care enough to know the answer. <laughs> um, but I, I was trying to remember is if in, on a previous series uh, or in film or books, I, I'm guessing the fact that the Orion males are actually the slaves to the females was, was revealed previously. Um, I had personally never heard that. So, you know, it was, it was an interesting little twist. Um but I mean, the the episode itself was so bad that I didn't really care. Um, uh, yeah, 
uh, I mean, there's so many questions. Why, why didn't he just, you know, why didn't they just attack the Enterprise if they really wanted Archer so badly? Yeah. Did they really have to go through this convoluted setup? I mean, maybe they wanted to take the Enterprise, like, capture it and sell it or something. No, I mean, Enterprise be... has technology that they would probably want. Yeah, so, I mean, it'd be a good a good reason then for not just destroying the enterprise um anyways yeah i mean there's not a whole lot to say <laughs> about this episode i mean it 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 just felt to me it was ugh, it, it didn't really have a point um it was it was kind of like all the the other kind of filler episodes we've seen throughout the series that you know are just kind of like oh you know this one-off episode where they're dealing with something on on the ship they never go off the ship it's like a bottle episode and uh you know i just i feel like you know we saw the orions in that episode with uh dr sung and that was okay but do we really need them back again (laughs) once again i say can't we just have some new aliens but then again we're like four episodes from the end of the series so uh, yeah, I mean, you can't introduce so many new aliens anyway. This is, takes place before any of the other Star Trek series. True. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, not a good episode. It was a weird filler episode, uh, which is very strange because this show has become about mini arcs, like one, mm-hmm. like three episode, two episode arcs. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of a couple arcs, here's this one off episode about Orion's. Yeah, and so it makes me wonder, you know, did they have to, um, I don't know, they just had this one done, <laughs> they just slotted it in or something? Because it could almost have taken place at any point. I mean, it had to be after the episode with with uh, with Brent Spiner, um, because, you know, of the, oh, you know, we want his head because of what happened in that episode. But. Yeah, but they didn't even, if they had resolved the Orion Syndicate problem in this episode, then it would be mm-hmm. worthwhile because, as we know, the show is going to end in four episodes or five episodes. Right. But this didn't resolve anything. No. In fact, it just reopened the whole T'Pol thing with Trip. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it was an episode we watched. <laughs> it's. The show is almost over. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, what's coming up will be a bit, at least, a bit better. Uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we will talk about in a mirror darkly. UPN Friday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. The universe has an evil twin. I'll shoot you myself. I'll kill you when I get out of this. Break him. Will you kindly die? Parallel universe. Where anything can happen, and probably will, with an exciting encounter in the world of classic Star Trek, the final five episodes. And we're back. Uh, We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 4, Episode 18, In a Mirror Darkly. Original air date, April 22nd, 2005. Take away, Randy. All right, you ready to do this? I am. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the episode begins with an ending. 
How's that? Well, uh, if you have seen the film Star Trek First Contact, which I would hope you have, uh, you might notice uh, that the beginning of this episode is actually the end of that film, or so it seems. Uh, the Vulcan ship is landing in a human encampment in Bozeman, Montana, and is greeted by humans, uh, among whom is the famous inventor of human warp technology, Zephyrin Cochran. Yep, they're playing that first contact theme. It's, you know, I, we've seen this before, but it's a really good scene. Mm-hmm. I like that movie. But, yeah, you know, well, it's, it's, we've covered this ground already. <laughs> well, there's a pretty good reason uh, for why they included this, I think. Uh, and that's that, uh, you know, we have the, the Vulcan emissary leaves the ship and walks up to the humans and gives the Vulcan salute to Zephram Cochran. Uh, and uh, as in the film, uh, he tries to return the salute and isn't able to. Uh, instead of shaking the Vulcan's hand as a human would, however, he reaches into his duster and pulls out a shotgun and kills him. <laughs> uh, the humans then proceed to overrun the Vulcan ship, screaming things like, let's get him, let's kill him. And uh, clearly we're in an alternate universe. And that's the beginning of the show. Uh, and after that, we get the familiar Enterprise opening, um, but it has this sinister sounding score, uh, and there's like a bunch of uh, like archival war footage spliced in. Uh, and then it ends, the intro uh, sequence ends with a shot of the Terran Empire logo from the old uh, original series. So we're clearly in the mirror universe. We're in the, we're in the, the universe of evil goatees. From the original series. Yep. Hence uh, the title of the episode. The the music. Mm-hmm. I mean we I mean we break down stuff afterwards, but I want to bring up the music. Yeah, sure. Uh I appreciate that it wasn't, you know, the Faith of the Heart song, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. But the score music uh, was not quite equivalent. It's not quite the mirror version of that song. Right, right. We should have gotten the mirror version. Like some heavy metal or something like that. Yeah, or like some, some like, industrial music or something. Yeah, something from Trent Reznor, you know. (laughs) Would have been awesome. It would be awesome if it was, you know, similar to Faith of the Heart, but it it had, like, very, you know, uh, opposite lyrics or something, you know? Like, we got here quickly through our victory, through our aggressive nature <laughs> something like that but unfortunately no it's just kind of this genero you know kind of aggressive orchestral music right oh well but uh at least they did it. at least it was a different intro at least it wasn't just the standard intro no i appreciate they that thought they... to make it not the same intro yeah i appreciate that they wanted this whole episode to be like this is the mirror version mm-hmm of- episode but yeah i'm just saying the music choice could have been yeah a little more clever they could have pushed it a little bit a little bit more uh so we come back from this uh from this different yet disappointing uh intro uh to see the enterprise or at least we think it's the enterprise it is the enterprise flying through space uh it has a new paint job though it, it has kind of like uh, fiery wings or something on it. Um, and it, we find out that it's on its way to join the uh, Terran Empire's assault fleet. 
Uh, inside Enterprise, um, we are introduced, reintroduced rather, to, well, it's no longer Admiral Forrest, but it's Captain Forrest, and he's alive. Um, he's not an Admiral in this universe. Uh, he's the captain of the Enterprise. Uh, and he's being shown Phlox and Lieutenant Reed's new invention, the Agony Booth. Hmm, familiar, yeah. familiar mm-hmm. device. Yeah. So uh, they're testing it on a Tellarite captive. Uh, who's not having a good day. <laughs> I mean, they're not even really sure why. Agony booth. <laughs> yeah, and they're not even really, doesn't, they seem almost unsure why they're even using it. They're like, ah, he's a Tellarite. He probably did something <laughs> to justify this <laughs> torture. Uh, and I also made a note that Reed is dressed like a Mako, um, much more militaristic. They've got a lot of leather straps on their uniforms, uh, and Reed is, is dressed as a Mako. Um, so, anyways, uh, after this, uh, Commander Archer and Captain Forrest are discussing the mission they're on, uh, which is to help the Empire destroy uh, a group of rebels. I'm like, oh, wait, the Empire versus rebels? Uh, this sounds a little familiar. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Archer tells Captain Forrest that he has heard of some advanced technology in Tholian space that could give them the upper hand in this conflict. Uh, but Forrest, however, tells Archer that he'll put him the he'll put Archer in the agony booth if he doesn't shut up and follow orders. Hmm. So it's a very uh, it's it's a very aggro, uh, not a very nice universe. This universe, everyone's pretty mean. Forrest um, Forrest is the Megatron, and Archer is Starscream. That's a uh, a very good comparison, I would say. Uh, Captain Forrest, uh, heads for his quarters. Uh, when he enters, he finds Hoshi dressed in a nightgown and wearing a lot of makeup. That's how so you know she's evil. That's the evil mirror universe Hoshi. Um, he commences a makeout session with Hoshi. Um, you know, so we're getting a very different side of her here. Uh, she says that once this conflict is over, uh, she would like to return to Brazil to continue teaching. So she clearly has some of the background of, of non mirror universe Hoshi. Uh, Forrest reveals to her at this point that things, uh, in their campaign against the rebels aren't going as well as they've been making out. So, uh, apparently the empire might be, uh, on the losing side if they can't figure something out. Uh, later, while traveling through the ship, Forrest is ambushed by Commander Archer and a group of Makos, including Reed and Travis, who I noticed is, uh, who I noted is sporting a longer haircut and is pretty ripped. <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, he was doing a bunch of working out in the last episode. Yeah. So. so he's, you know, he's pretty ripped. I mean, you, you always think like, oh, it's little Travis. He's in his, little jumpsuit and then you find out oh man he's actually kind of ripped uh reed wants to kill forrest but archer orders him not to so they throw the captain in the brig uh we head to the bridge uh where to paul is in the command chair uh she has very long hair and a bare midriff, which apparently is a sign of evil uh, in this universe. <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of like the female version of the goatee. I noted that she's wearing an Enterprise uniform, but it's definitely not standard issue. <laughs> no, it's been apparently been modified. I don't, I don't know if this is standard dress in the Mirror Universe. Uh, yeah, it, it must be because Hoshi has a similar outfit. Yeah. So uh, there's a scuffle. 
Uh, and Archer tells the crew that he's assuming command on Starfleet's orders. Uh, they are to enter Tholian space and need to install a Suluban, remember those guys? A cloaking device in order to avoid detection. But to Paul tells Archer that she doesn't buy that they're doing this on Starfleet's orders. Uh, in his ready room, Archer points out, uh, Cochrane's shotgun, uh, the one he used to kill the Vulcan emissary, and uh, he reminds her of Earth's dominance of Vulcans like herself. Uh, at the same time, though, he promotes her to first officer, uh, and then gives her orders to search for a particular warp signature. Hmm. Sometime later, Archer speaks with Travis and makes him his personal guard. Um, and I noted that he's obviously paranoid about a mutiny attempt. Everyone is basically angry and paranoid in this universe. Well, I mean, uh, the coups happen all the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. It could happen at any moment. Um, and also of note is the fact that Porthos in the Mirror Universe is actually a very angry Rottweiler. But Porthos exists, at least. And Porthos exists, but his mirror version is a Rottweiler. Or a dog named Porthos, anyway. Or, yeah, there's a dog named Porthos, and uh, he's a Rottweiler. Uh, Hoshi enters Archer's quarters and seduces him in an attempt to spare Captain Forrest's life. Uh, but as they're embracing, she tries to stab him. Uh, Archer was obviously expecting this to happen. Uh, so he tells her to be good in the future basically <laughs> i don't know it just doesn't seem like he's really that upset that she tried to kill him that's just the status quo that's you know, yeah that's the way used, things work in the it. mirror universe yeah it's how you tell someone you love them you try to stab them in the mirror universe uh to comes over the comms and tells archer that she has located the warp signature that he'd ordered her to find uh, it turns out it's a tholian craft uh tholian's uh I uh, mentioned already in the episode, and if you've seen uh, the original series, you've seen them before. Uh, they destroy the Tholian craft and beam its pilot on board. Uh, in the decon chamber, uh, Archer interrogates the Tholian. Uh, he wants to know where they took the Terran vessel that they captured. Uh, when the Tholian won't comply, Archer orders Phlox to turn down the decon chamber's temperature in order to cause it pain, because it's basically like a living flame. Uh, the Tholian starts transmitting a distress signal before they're able to knock it unconscious. Uh, in engineering, T'Pol is helping, as I noted here, Evil Trip install a cloaking device. Um, Evil Trip, uh, he's, he's got like his, half his face is all scarred up mm -hmm. and he has like this sinister kind of like smirk on his face the whole time. He's Two-Face. Yeah, basically. Two-Face Trip. Let's call him that. Nobody Trip has face. goatees, though. Yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, it turns out that T'Pol and Trip in this universe have also had uh, adult relations. Uh, the cloaking device begins sparking, and Trip gets zapped and knocked out. Uh, Archer, in the next scene, heads to the bridge to confront Forrest, demanding to know who sabotaged the Sulaban cloaking device. Uh, in this scene, Archer nearly strangles Forrest to death, but still ends up getting no answers. Uh, Archer is very aggressive. Uh, later, Reed tells Archer that he thinks Trip is actually the saboteur, so they put Trip into the agony booth. Uh, we get an upsetting scene, as I, I just noted, upsetting scene of Archer and Hoshi in bed after this, <laughs> uh, where she, 
He asks her if she has transmitted his quote-unquote insurance policy to Starfleet, and she confirms that she has. Uh, we learn that the cloaking device uh, accident, I guess, the overload, has damaged Enterprise's internal sensors. So, among other things, he can't find T'Pol, who he believes is another likely saboteur. But even though she's a likely saboteur, he promoted her to first officer. Okay, yeah, anyways, I'm trying to, keep track of, trying to keep track of everything that's happening in this episode. Uh, it turns out his suspicions were right, and she frees Forrest from the brig. Uh, then Captain Forrest, with her help, takes back control of the ship and captures Archer, who uh, himself reveals that he has locked the ship's course, and there's no way to change it until they arrive at their destination. Uh, coming back from the break... Archer is in the agony booth himself, uh, and he is released after what we learn is 10 hours of torture. Uh, and apparently he stood up pretty well. Uh, it turns out that Admiral Gardner at Starfleet has ordered Archer's release after reviewing his insurance policy. Uh, in Enterprise's briefing room, Commander Archer informs the senior staff that the Tholians had managed to open a rift into an alternate universe and capture a Starfleet vessel. But not only that, this vessel is from the future uh, and could hold advanced technologies and weapons that could give them a much-needed advantage in their conflict with these rebels. Uh, later on in engineering, T'Pol explains to Trip how she used a mind meld on him to compel him to sabotage the cloaking device. So he actually was a saboteur. He just didn't know it. Hmm. It was like the Manchurian engineer. Uh, anyways, uh, the Enterprise, now cloaked, arrives at the Tholian space dock. Uh, I noted that it's housed inside an asteroid or a moon, uh, like like uh, we see in the Star Trek Discovery promo. Mm. There's a starship emerging from that. Yeah. Uh, and they find the USS Defiant, uh, clearly an original series-era ship. Mm -hmm. Constitution class. Yep. Forrest wants to send Archer and an assault team on board to recover any data that could be useful uh, to their fight against the rebels and then destroy the ship. Because uh, the ship, we find out, is in the process of being torn down by the Tholians and is actually not quite spaceworthy. Uh, he orders T'Pol to go along and insinuates uh, that she should, you know, kind of take care of Archer while, he, while they're over there. Uh, they beam on board the Defiant along with Travis and Reed. Uh, and it's, I, I noted that it's a very, it's a really good, um, uh, kind of a copy of an original series set. Like it's, it's very authentic looking. Yeah. Um, but it's very weird to see this kind of basic set. It looks a lot older than the Enterprise they've just come from. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it looks less advanced. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's it's some issue we've had with Enterprise for a long time. <laughs> that it seems, even though it predates the original series, it seems more advanced than the original series. And this just kind of, like, puts that into starker contrast, I think. Uh, while walking through the corridors of the ship, uh, they find a dead crewman wearing an original series uniform. A red shirt, I noted. Uh, Archer takes his phaser and puts it in his belt, much to Reed's disappointment. He was really wanting his hands on that advanced uh, phaser. Back on Enterprise, the Tholian in the decon chamber is able to shake off his sedation and once again starts sending out its SOS signal. 
uh, it obviously reaches its compatriots because the Tholians surround the Enterprise with their ships and start weaving their Tholian web. If you've ever seen the original uh, <laughs> series, they have a Tholian web that they put around ships. Uh, Forrest, uh, seeing that the end is near, orders the crew to abandon ship. Uh, it launches escape pods, but they can't make it past the web, and many of them are destroyed. Kind of reminds me of um, uh, Star Trek Beyond, in a way. Uh, Forrest remains behind on the bridge, as the team on the Defiant rush to bring its systems online to lend help. Uh, in the final shot of the episode, Forrest is at the Enterprise's helm as the Tholians open fire, and he, along with his ship, are destroyed. Mm. To be continued. To be this continued, part, yeah. Part one of two. Yeah. So, yeah, what'd you think? Uh, it was a cool episode. I like Mirror mm-hmm. Universe episodes because it's a nice break from mm-hmm. this, the norm. Um, this ver- this uh, edition of a Mirror Universe episode is different in that it, it takes place entirely in the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other Star Trek shows... Um, Whenever they go to the mirror universe, it usually starts in our or the universe we're familiar with, mm-hmm. and then someone from that will jump into the mirror universe and go, "Hey, everything's different. I know yeah, you, so you but get, I don't know you." Right? You get to see their they're kind of like the viewer, and they're getting to see like the differences and like point out all the differences you're seeing, how they react to the differences. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. That this is uh, this is entire mirror entirely mirror universe. Um, I thought it was really clever to tie this into the Tholian web, uh, the original series episode, mm-hmm. uh, in which the Tholians capture the Defiant and it just disappears. And mm-hmm. now we found out where it went. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, it's it's an instance of like really taking something that happened in the original series and like building upon it and in a logical way. Mm-hmm. Not not Vulcan logical, but you know. I should say a way that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, do you think that it was a little, uh, a little too over the top? Yes. That's my problem with mirror <laughs> universe episodes is that everyone is over the top because they get a chance to be evil. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. every actor is just chewing up the scenery in this mm-hmm. episode. Oh, just, Mirror Universe trip is so much. <laughs> I mean, Archer, I mean, wow. He's just like when you think he can't go more over the top. Yeah. Here he is. Evil Archer. Evil Archer is the scenery destroyer. <laughs> uh, I did find it interesting that I was uh, rooting for Archer, despite the fact that he and everyone else in this universe are bad, bad guys. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of... Because I know Archer, and Archer is kind of the main character, I just found myself rooting for him and going, yeah, "Yeah, he should go after that Defiant, or go after the Tholians. Yeah. But then he's doing really evil stuff, so. Yeah. So it's kind of like lesser of evils, I guess. Um, Lesser of many evils. I think that... um, it's it's a good setup. I'm I'm really looking forward to what happens in the next half. I mean, I don't have any idea what's going to happen. I know that this is one of you know, a lot of people consider this one of the best ep- or not just of Enterprise, one of the best episodes, but a really good episode or a good story arc of of Star Trek in general. So I'm guessing there's going to be some pretty great stuff that happens in the second half. Um, 
the the amount of fan service uh had me excited just mm-hmm. going to the constitution class ship i mean it's the defiant but it's clearly based on enterprise the original enterprise mm-hmm. so you go to that bridge and you're like hey i recognize that and the old uniforms and the old mm-hmm. phaser yeah so it's one it's one of those episodes and it it seems like it was a lot of fun to make um and and it does seem like something that i you could really tell that they're like oh before we end the series like we've got to we have had this idea we've got to do this mm-hmm. you know so that's really cool um and and yeah just the amount of attention they've paid to you know just making everything so um i guess you know just like the amount of detail they've put into everything is great um you know everything has sort of its mirror like even porthos you know porthos being a different you know a a, a more aggressive dog you know things like that mm-hmm. it's fun it's very fun and it was good to see forrest come back mm-hmm. um even though like everyone else he was just so over the top evil over the top forest yeah but um no i'm really i'm it was a fun episode um and i'm really looking to see what happens in the second half certainly coming off of bound it was a masterpiece in comparison (laughs) it was nice nice to get that you know it's like oh we've had some good stuff going on this season uh but then we we hit that little bump but now now we're back and I'm, i'm excited to see where it goes well we'll find out uh next time we're going to talk about In a Mirror Darkly Part 2 mm-hmm. and Demons. Oh, okay. And we're getting uh, pretty close to the end of Enterprise. Yeah. Just... We've got four episodes left. Mm-hmm. So we'll bring them to you soon. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. on Star Trek Enterprise. They've discovered the future, the classic world of Captain Kirk's generation. What are you wearing? What will they do with power beyond their imagination? Technology we can find on that ship. Ours for the taking. And they can imagine a lot. We'll begin targeting their cities. Emperor Jonathan Archer. (laughs) All new Star Trek Enterprise, the final four episodes. 